This episode of the Quick Pop Podcast is fueled by Balls Garana Soda. Balls Garana is a highly caffeinated premium soda that is infused with the natural Garana berry for an incredible taste and a super caffeinated kick. Balls has fueled the days and nights of gamers and wrestling fans alike for over 25 years. Balls Garana is available in seven amazing flavors, including Balls Original Soda, Cherry, Root Beer, Orange, Ginger Ale, Cherry Cola, and Balls Zero Sugar. Flavors are offered in the iconic 10-ounce Bumpy Bottle or the sleek 16-ounce can. For a limited time, Balls will offer listeners free shipping on your next order when you purchase at www.balls.com. Use code QUICKPOP at checkout to receive free shipping on your order. Night two, though. I'm less informed overall about night two, so. So we can we can actually do the original format. Awesome. Uh, okay, let me clarify though. I'm sitting here going like, ugh, night two. Um, night two wasn't bad from start. Like if you looked at the start and were walking your way through the whole thing, still pretty dang good throughout. It ended really sour in a lot of people's minds, but for the most part, it was pretty dang good going down the, down the list. Uh, there were a lot more exhibition matches on night two than there were on night one, uh, but we're only going to discuss a couple on this one. Oh, also, fun fact, night one, I did horrible on my picks. Night two did a lot better, but night one, whoo. I had a lot of opinions, and they were wrong. See, back to the fact that I was going to watch this with you. Do you know I was going to, like, actually go on and do my own You are going to do a pick em? I was going to look at the card and, like... Now you've done goofed. Have I'm that. definitely going to make you do this <laughs> for backlash. I had I had it all planned out, and then it was like, oh, I'm going to watch with your brother. I was like, okay, well, you don't know what you're missing out on, I really didn't. Fine. I'm disappointed. I would have I would have dropped Seth like a bag of rocks. Like <laughs> I know you would have, but... Then I wouldn't have gotten to watch reruns of Criminal Minds and, like, not have to do a pick em, well, So Bless your heart. <laughs> I should have never told you that. You shouldn't have, because guess what? Backlash is in a month, and it's in Puerto Rico. And Bad Bunny is hosting. Either way. Uh, yeah, you don't know who that is. Do you? I don't know. Do you know who Bad Hold Bunny is? Hold of you two assume I don't know things. Do you know who Bad Bunny is? I have heard of it. Who is he? <laughs> No. I've heard of it. Oh yeah? I have heard of He's, it. He's uh like the dark ba- bugs bunny. I don't know. Like Dark Bugs Bunny. Um no, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I am excited. Like <laughs> what's not up, Doc? Look, like... it, look, if this it look, it, if this episode does really well, which I imagine it will because at least two of the people don't have to listen to themselves, so it'll be a brand new experience for them. If this does well, you done goofed. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You done goofed. You'll you'll be you'll be the unofficial third because you're all, you're technically always here. Technically, make in you, your heart. I'm gonna make you start doing the intros all the time. Um, so night two, couple of matches. Uh, the one the couple I want to discuss again were the title matches. Uh, we already discussed the a- exhibition match uh, that I was gonna talk about with the Edge versus Finn Balor in the uh, steel cage or no Hell in a Cell. The only thing that I didn't mention in that that I would like to point out, they beat the dog's not out of each other. Like, literally within two minutes, 
they were already busting out uh, chairs and kendo sticks and stuff, like, and just whacking each other. Finn Balor got busted open because there was yeah, a spot. I did read about that. Because there was a spot where Edge literally like chucked a ladder at him, and Finn just didn't get his hands up in time, and so it nailed him in the top of the head. He has a enormous gash, like I think he said like 19 staples. Like, Good Lord. he got messed up. Finish the match though. Like a lot he of is a professional. A lot of well, a lot of people were upset because they kind of stalled the match. Uh when they found out he was bleeding, they kind they didn't stop the match, but they like stalled and slowed Did the match. Did he have all his body paint on like normal? Yes, and so that's why they didn't notice I was it first. Say, like, well, that would be why. They didn't notice until they noticed like that's not paint on the ring. And then the medical professionals came in and checked him out. Knowing what we know, thank you, okay? Because they said that they gave him a numbing agent and they, on the spot, in the ring, put a couple staples in so he didn't, like... I mean, we're talking, like, from Ugh. here to here. Had I don't a gash. Want to <laughs> Don't go look. I don't like stuff like that. Don't go Ugh. look, because even I was like, how did you continue to wrestle? Because it was like a gash. Because he's a demon king, sir. He is the demon king. I had to tell the fun story of why I couldn't wear my Finn Balor shirt to church anymore. <laughs> and Jake got a kick out of that. Um, but anyway. Demon! The who? Uh, but we don't want to discuss... Well, I'm not going to discuss that too much, but I did want to point out that little bit that like Finn Balor is an absolute unit for getting hit about halfway to three quarters into the match. But... Finishing it, but not ever looking like he had to be like carried through it. Like I'm sure it, it hurt, even if with the numbing agent. I'm sure it hurt to go through <laughs> You're the rest. Sure, it hurt. I mean, <laughs> gash in the head. Oh, numbing agent's only gonna do so much before you realize like your head is exposed to open air. You know, like it wasn't deep, but it was a gash. Anyway. The matches I want to talk about was a five, another five-star classic because these three men, every single time they put them together, it's fantastic. Like inject more into my veins. It was that good. It it just was. It was a. It was because what it was is. Od on wrestling. I am Od on wrestling, and if it's this match, that's fine because it wasn't a bunch of high-flying super stunts or whatever. It was just. It, in the immortal words of Biggie on the New Day podcast, it was three big men, big meaty men slapping meat, just beating the mess out of each other. And they were all like these big towering six foot dudes who are just like body chopping and like clotheslining and kicking each other. And they had, it was just big dudes beating up each other. For, for everyone who doesn't know this, I actually teach. And that just sounds like a typical day. Like at recess. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it wasn't this like high flying acrobatic who did a somersault oh. or this submission master who knows how to put your legs in just the right position to make you tap. It was just dudes throwing haymakers and just wailing on each other. It was Seamus versus Drew McIntyre versus Gunther, which in itself is awesome because Seamus is, I mean, you look at him and can tell, but Seamus is Irish. Drew no. McIntyre is Scottish, and Gunther is, I think he's meant to be, like, Austrian, Germany, like... like ger German? He's, I don't think he is German, but, like, he yeah. gives that appeal and that, like, presence about him, but they don't want to say he's German because they also call him the ring general, and he comes across as this big authoritative thing, and so they really, really, really don't want to say, say the German ring general. 
because this that is has just like a metaphor for World War Three. No. Is that what we're doing? No, they, that's why they call him the Ring General, but they really try not to draw a lot of attention to like his actual ethnicity. But it was really cool to see the intercontinental title be defended be and sought after be intercontinental. And you thought that was an accident? Well, in the past, the intercontinental title was actually elevated by people who were not like quote unquote intercontinental the big names are like the miz bret hart uh then why is it called intercontinental anyway it was a carryover from the old nwa days of a belt that was defended often on the european circuit it became enveloped into the wwe and it became the mid-card title because back then when they did have a very big because you were back in the the like 80s and 90s even like with not knowing wrestling you could look back at that and go that it was a big deal for heels to be the foreign guy iron chic uh hulk hogan was like the american hero and would crush the bad guys and they were always like some guy from russia or some like big evil japanese wrestler like and that's where that belt kind of was born back in that era where there was a lot of like almost cartoonish but not quite like you know full cartoon of international people like iron sheik the canadian the, the, the canadian mountie uh like yokozuna from japan uh like that was just the era wait are you telling me? Oh, you want to know about the Canadian Mountie? There because was a Mountie? I was really called, need to know. Hold on. I'm going to show you a visual. because I you, need to know. He was called the Mountie, like 100%. Uh, <laughs> Things I didn't know I was going to learn when I woke up this morning. The Mountie. Is it going to be like one of the first? Days? Sure enough, Canadian former personal wrestler. Yep, sure enough. Okay, so that's what he looks like now, just to give you an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal guy, He's normal guy, normal looks guy. Looks like Bella. Yeah. 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 That was him when he wrestled. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he was the Mountie. He walked around with a taser all the time. Like, that was his big... He cattle prod dudes. What? Because remember... What is that? Hold on. Because remember, they don't have guns. <laughs> so they had deterrence. But the thing is, that <laughs> works perfect in wrestling because you can't bring a gun. Sergeant Slaughter and uh, the big boss man... They couldn't bring guns, even though they were a cop and a general gimmick, respectively. Guys. Right? Guys. No, reverse. I don't know a lot about wrestling then or the now. The 90s were wild. Can I just say, <laughs> this is making me want to actually kind of go back and watch some of this. I don't think you understand. Because. No, no, no. You want to talk? Our favorite 90s, maybe 80s wrestler to reference is Repo Man. You know who Repo Man was? He was a dude who would literally go to the ring and steal, like, weapons, titles, ring gear, and would say, like... Okay, 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 okay. He was a Repo Man. I would like to submit here and now my suggestion for a future episode that I would joyfully, like, be a part of. Ranking, like, the, <laughs> the weirdest, like wrestlers that there have ever been oh. have you guys ever done that before we haven't because weird is subjected to us but i would love to see your version <laughs> of a tier list because repo man oh my gosh that uh, would be hilarious you want some more i'm dying there's the trash man that was a thing <laughs> 
There was Big Boss Man, who was like a corrections officer. Sergeant Slaughter, who's exactly what you Sergeant think. Sergeant Slaughter sounds exactly like something from Nickelodeon. Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, my lens. I'm telling you, the 90s and the 80s. Like Major Payne had a white cousin. Wild. Oh, God. What is his name? He was a dude who literally, like, the, the statement for him was that he hailed from the moon. I can't remember his name, but by it God. It was a Martian? No, no, no. <laughs> this was a human dude who had just the most outlandish. God, what is his name? This is. Welcome to the Quick Pop Podcast. What was his name? Hold on. Because I bet you I could just do. What even? Wrestler. No, WWF wrestler from the moon. I guarantee you he's going to come up. There he is. Max Moon. That was him. Why is that costume? That looks like that looks like nothing from the moon. It looks like from Tron, in my opinion. <laughs> but he he hailed from the moon. Yeah, he looks like he's from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, he hailed from the moon, and his name was Max Moon. So. Wow. I'm telling you. Well, 80s, there you go. 80s I'm, and 90s wrestling was wild. You okay? set that up, guys. I'll I'll come and, we'll do, and help you rank them. We'll do a tier list. I almost want to have two because it ha what we would think is weird. We love Repo Man because it is a long-standing joke that like anytime we're like what is uh, he Repo titles? Is yeah, that his no, thing? literally he would go down there and like you know steal stuff. He wouldn't ever wrestle. He would just go down, prepare to wrestle, and then like shove something in his bag and run off. And he'd be like, "I'm the Repo Man," and that's it. That's it. And so it is a long-running joke that when everyone's like, and you'll never guess who came out of the ring, Repo Man. No, actually, it was da 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 da. Like even nowadays, people reference that the surprise entrant was Repo Man or the surprise tag team partner was Repo Man. Like we all in the wrestling community do it, and it's Chef's Kiss. Best best long-running unspoken joke ever is everything is Repo Man. Sounds delightful. There's also the Iron Sheik, who is exactly what you think. Think like a sultan that went bodybuilding that's the iron sheik and he is mean like even to this day he's mean and he hates hulk hogan even to this day and by hate i mean like you know how some people will for to put it into modern things some people will like blame anything and everything that happens in the world on like obama or trump or anything like that they were like god burger king just increased their burger price you know flipping trump i can't believe that's the iron sheik with hulk hogan if anything happens in the world if if like he got pulled over for a speeding ticket it was that jabroni hulk hogan's fault <laughs> and he tweets this every day he's saying something and he's including hulk hogan and calling him a jabroni or calling him like a freak or something like daily reminds me of Timmy Turner's dad on the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, like, uh, Dingleberg. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> it's like everything is Hulk Hogan's fault, and literally every single day he tweets out something, he's gonna say something about Hulk Hogan <laughs> in a disparaging way every day. Welcome to the Quick Pop Podcast. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I that. that's a really long rabbit I'm hole there, sir. You. Welcome to the Quick Pop Podcast, home of the tangent. Triple threat match between those two. I can't really say a whole lot about the story building up to it. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus do have this kind of like 
not quite bromance, like friendly rivalry. Like they're constantly trying to be like, I'm better. I'm, you know, the better fella. I'm awesome. But like, it's never in like a, I'll kill you rivalry. It's like, you know, ah, you were the better man. Like even after the match, they like Seamus tweeted out, like the only thing I could say is pints later, bro. And they was like, absolutely. Like they're, they're bros in the situation. Uh, Gunther is just this absolute unit of a man, like his, his chops. I don't know if he is, or if he just has a really good technique, you can hear his, not like mic'd up, just you hear when you're like, Ooh, Ooh, ow. like it, either he is actually slapping these dudes in the chest <laughs> or something he does. Like he's perfected that loud technique. His, his slap chops sound painful. Uh, but they just, they, they wailed on each other in this match. All three of them. So based on that, because like you said, you didn't look into the matches for the night too much. Based on that, the only story we have going into this is that they both want the Intercontinental title. They've both earned a shot at the Intercontinental title. And so they turned it into a triple threat. Sheamus and Drew are, are kind of buds going into this but they're also like rivals like they both want it and gunther is just a like he's been uh intercontinental champion for at least a year now i think like so he was defending his he title. was defending his title yes and these other two guys not together but separately they separately want they separately won shots at the title and so they just kind of like in different manners to the point where they were just like you're added to the match triple threat you know that kind of thing. So based on that, who would you expect to win? Um, well, I don't... In a triple threat scenario, keep in mind. Not in a one... Because the reason I say that is there's no count outs. There's no rope breaks. There's technically no disqualifications. And that's just the inherent rule of triple threat. I mean, I would have thought that it would have been one of the people challenging. Because if you have two people coming for the title... I mean, theoretically, they would both, like, attack, you know, the person that is the title holder uh-huh. and get it away from him first and then wrestle each other. But I have come to understand that's not how it actually worked out. So the result is exactly what you said. Gunther ended up retaining. Yes. The way they told it, though, is where it was like, ah, I see. Because at one point in the match, Gunther got, like, hit real good and was, like, knocked out of the ring. Mm -hmm. And so then for a solid, like, five minutes, which in wrestling is a really long time, for a solid five minutes, it was just Gunther or Sheamus and Drew just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so the writing on the wall, you could see it. These two are going to wail each other out. And then Gunther's going to come in, not so much with a steal, but capitalized. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Seamus hit Drew with like the the brogue kick, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And then Gunther came in, hit a good move on Seamus, and then actually like lifted Seamus up and powerbombed Seamus onto drew mcintyre and i don't remember who he pinned right off bat but the point was like boom hit you both with a strong move and then he one two three got the pin i have no qualms with gunther winning 
He's a very dominant champion. And he's a heel, but more of just like because he's foreign, he's a heel. Not, yeah. in, not in like a he does heel things, but just he has this very standoffish nature to him where uh, he's like, you know, I am dominant champion and I will, you know, I will reign forever kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so expected result, um, but not like unheard of. Um, the next one, I almost don't want to give a lot of time to it because uh, like one, I know we've been going a while. Um, and I knew this was going to be long, but even I'm starting to reach the limits of what I know I'm about to have to edit in just a couple of minutes. I'm very tempted to release this in two parts, night one and night two, uh, but not like over two weeks. Because I do want to try and stay current, but I, I might release this in two parts. Uh, but the reason I say is the Raw women's match, not a bad match. We won't get into the story because the story is literally... Asuka won the Elimination Chamber, won the chance to compete. There's not really story. There was kind of some story where, like, Asuka keeps taunting her. But, I mean, she didn't do anything big story-wise to get the title shot. It was just she won the six-person Elimination Chamber match. She earned the right to do it because... But then didn't win? Correct. She did not win, which is interesting because a lot of people would have bet good money that Asuka would have walked away because the reason a lot of us, I think, wanted to see Asuka win is the last time. I don't think it was at last WrestleMania. I think it was two years ago. The last time Asuka had a chance at the Raw Women's title, it was fishy. Like the last time she won the title, I should say, was not bad, but she didn't win the title. What she did is she won Money in the Bank, which gave her a title shot. But then the next day, Becky came out to congratulate her on her win. Because uh, Becky was the Raw title, women's title at the time. Becky was the, the title holder at the time. Becky came out to congratulate her on her win and told her, though, uh, open, the, open the briefcase. And when she opened it, the Raw title was in there. And she said, you're the champ now. You go do awesome things. I'm going to go and be a mom. And that was her announcement. Like, I'm taking off time. I'm pregnant. I'm a mom. Instead of us having a match, we're trading contract for the title. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time that Asuka was the champion. So a lot of people wanted to see the next time that Asuka had an opportunity to become the Raw Women's Champ. So she's never actually won a title. I think she's won the SmackDown before because I know she's been a title holder, but a lot of us wanted to see, because this was specifically the Raw Women's title that she got off Becky, so I think a lot of people wanted to see her win the Raw Women's title, not be given the Raw Women's title. And so I think that's why a lot of people wanted to see her like win this off Bianca. The problem is, I say a problem because it makes it sound like, ugh, but like let Bianca keep it. Bianca is the perfect face women's champ right now because she's lovable she came from a collegiate background she was a track star at knoxville ut we try not to hold that against her but man do i not forget that <laughs> but she is Go Tigers. she exactly she is a 
great role model to young kids because she is the not the first one of the only honestly we we realized the other day that like oh my god like i think bianca is the only black female star in well, that's what i was alluding to earlier with you know working so hard at diversity these days especially among women right is so important for the wwe and, and they do it well the, it doesn't feel like oh she got it because she's black but it's definitely in terms of like we want to keep her champion because she is an excellent role model to a lot of kids and i gotta tell you this because this is like really like at the time it was cute and then we heard the story afterwards so for Bianca's uh, thing, they had the a local Los Angeles dance troupe come out and do like a dance routine. And they all had like the long braid like Bianca. Uh, and there was this one little bitty girl who was like, like very contortionist. Like she could do that thing where like her feet are playing on the ground and her back is like all the way bent over and she's still looking at you. And you're just like, ah, whoa, that's crazy flexible. We found out from Triple H later that that little girl, she did the contortionist routine and then Bianca came out and they like actually had a little dance thing. And in the moment it was like, wow, that's so cute that she had this moment with her. We found out later that that little girl came that morning telling everyone that her mom had just passed away that morning. Like that morning her mom passed away and yet she still came to do everything that she had to do for wrestlemania and triple h was talking about like when everyone found that out like the dance troupe just enveloped her and bianca came and enveloped her triple h went and like you know like gave her like everyone just like closed in and supported this little girl and they rewrote the whole thing to be like, no, 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 you're going to get this like moment to do a thing. And then Bianca's gonna come out and y'all are gonna have this like, all the other girls were like kind of lined up doing dance and whatever, but like her and Bianca were like center stage, like, you know, holding hands and doing like a little routine. Like it was this really, really cute moment where like in the moment it was adorable. And then you find out the like, the why behind it and you're like all right you know what like kind of like the make a wish thing like yeah cena lost this is their makeup for it and they didn't plan for it to be so it was still great so uh wish ashka would have won but it 100 made sense for bianca to reign the champion especially because you don't want both of your women's titles changing hands the u.s titles like both of the mid card titles didn't change hands technically all of the tag titles didn't changed hands uh and the so the Char charlotte lost hers so i mean you got to show one dominant retaining champion so it made sense but i think a lot of people were disappointed but not like wow this match sucked disappointed but it also wasn't very eventful uh and that leads us to the main event of main events cody rhodes the american nightmare versus Roman Reigns, the tribal chief. Yeah, I know you were pretty upset about this one when you got home. Everybody was upset by this. You're going to have to explain to me why. Because, like... Buckle I, up. I ain't going anywhere. So, Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble to get his shot. Now, typically, that would be it. Just like everybody else. Got a title shot. 
going for it. The flip side of that is the fact that one, Roman Reigns has an enormous reign. Roman Reigns has been champion, world title, not technically universal, undisputed, but has been world champion for 945 days. Like insane number. So everyone was like, all right, well, obviously they like his reign. Who's going to break it? Cody Rhodes, son of Dustin Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes, enormous player in the development of wrestling, like period development of wrestling, Dusty Rhodes. The son, Cody Rhodes, was in WWE, had several gimmicks throughout the years, left WWE, formed with his other partners, AEW. Cody Rhodes is a co-creator of AEW, was the front man for AEW, left AEW, came to WWE with the sole passion purpose to do the one thing that his father never got to do in the wrestling business, which is win the heavyweight title. Dusty Rhodes, for all of his fame and well-knownness, never was world champ. And so Cody Rhodes came back to finish the story, to be the first Rhodes to win a world title. And so it was this beautiful story of Cody Rhodes, you know, returning. And he won at the Royal Rumble, but didn't just like bide his time, showed up every single week, either competing or delivering a promo about his upcoming match at WrestleMania. It was this, it was huge. Both sides, both Cody and Roman have delivered like very, very powerful promos on both sides. And it like, without being able to tell you literally everything that happened, let me tell you if all the matches on the card of both night one and night two, this was the one that had the most story behind it. Even more than Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn coming together to win the tag team titles and how you were talking about all the time put in to get to this point. This, the story of the son of a plumber, you know, Cody Rhodes, son of Dusty Rhodes, that generation of, you know, being in the wrestling business, going off and forming another wrestling promotion and then still coming back to WWE to do the one thing that your dad couldn't do. All this amazing story built into it, you know, of all the people that was going to finally topple the tribal chief it was going to be at wrestlemania and it's going to be cody rhodes and it was just beautiful perfectly storybook written like it, you could not have had a better setup for the big bad villain to finally get beaten by like the literal perfect hero like he had he had the story has been here before left faced adversity conquered in other worlds technically didn't even ever win a world title at uh at AEW. never won the world title even when he was in AEW. faced adversity at one point could not compete for the world title because of the stipulation in AEW. so like joined the wwe uh he came back last year so it wasn't even like he just showed up at the royal rumble he was there last year and faced Seth Rollins 
And then I think at uh, at the WrestleMania match, tore his pectoral muscle off no. the bone. And uh, still, like, the following, or one of the more, like, shortly after following, uh, after, like, months, months of recovery at Hell in a Cell, faced off against Seth Rollins again in a Hell in a Cell. And you could see this, like, massive bruise from where his pectoral muscle had come off. Took another break to make sure to fully heal that. Came back at the Royal Rumble. Won the Royal Rumble. Great. Perfect. Now, he, now granted, I'll be perfectly honest. They they brought him in at number 30 for the Royal Rumble. So, like, he literally came in in the last possible second in the Royal Rumble. And then won. Still a big deal. But, like, for, for inverse, Rhea Ripley winning the Women's Royal Rumble, she came in at one. And stayed the whole And time. stayed the whole time and won. So, I consider so that. she beat Everybody. She beat everybody for her shot. Cody Rhodes, no no discredit to him whatsoever. He technically came in at 30. He came in in, like, the prime spot. But he was injured, like... Okay. I mean, injured prior and had been off for five months prior to coming back to it. But that's why I said, like, not taking anything away from his Royal Rumble victory, but, like, he came in literally at the end. If he came in at, like, 15, even I would have been like, yeah, you know, hot stuff. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, story was on the wall perfect white shining armor hero to defeat the 945 day reign of Roman Reigns and the other bloodline members had lost their title time to topple the bloodline perfect setup and as you heard from my angry return home mm -hmm. <laughs> I think my words were I'm champ because I won the pick'em I'm champ but I'm not happy about it. Yeah, you were very clear. <laughs> like, thanks. I won the title at the WrestleMania that had an annoying finish. Ugh. Roman Reigns retained. He did? He, 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 with help, let it be known, Solo Sokoa was there the whole time of the match. At one point, kept interfering to the point where the ref ejected him. And then right at the end of the match, came out of the crowd wearing like a hoodie pulled up over his head. That's all sus and well, stuff, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he emerged from the crowd right when Cody basically had Roman on the ropes. Had just hit him with the triple... Uh, uh, oh, God. Why am I forgetting his finish? Hit his finisher three times in a row. Someone's going to get mad at me for not knowing his finish, but look, it's late. I'm sorry. It's going to be Ron and Jake, but that's cool. I don't care. They're not They're not champs. Um, <laughs> so he hit him with his finisher three times in a row. Had Roman on the ropes, just had to do one more good hit and probably would have put him down for the one, two, three for the first time in 945 days. And then Solo Sokoa came out of the crowd, hit him with the Samoan spike, Roman turned around, speared him one time, one, two, three, that's it. Not even like Roman beat up on him some more and then won, but literally just spear done. That's so weird because it seems like after having been like retaining the title that long, that it was time for a change up. As you said, that they really built this up and, you know, Cody Rhodes really put in a lot of effort to 
you know, get here and make the a profa- name for himself, even though his dad was like a super big deal. It sounds like he's a big deal in his own right. Yes. And so it would make sense to, for him to be the one to then take the title and, you know, really continue to, you know, embellish that um, opportunity for other, you know, wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And so one it the, does seem and one of the prevailing super weird stories. and sus for them to keep Roman Reigns. Like, and one of the prevailing stories. You did make me laugh a few minutes ago because you said, you know, everybody's been enjoying his reign. And I was like. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's Was that intentional? It's or? 100% intentional, and we hate oh. it. <laughs> Everyone's been hating it. Um, another big thing that was part of it was there was a solid, it was a rumor because obviously the result wasn't that, so it couldn't have been like fact, but there was a solid story rumor that Cody Rose was going to win the, the unified titles, combine them into one new title, and then we would invent or create or implement another like main title. Like everyone was hoping that this is exactly how it's gonna play out because we're bored of there being less titles to compete for. We already have unified tag titles, so we only ever have one tag champion, so we only have one tag team title match, and the Usos kept winning those. So we were looking forward to Cody Rhodes winning that, bringing back two world heavyweight titles, because right now we only have one, and it's Roman Reigns, and shocker we're tired of that too and they were all part of the same faction so it was just roman reigns with both world titles and the usos with both tag titles and they keep winning it so who cares look it's an uso match oh who cares they're probably going to retain oh roman reigns versus you know Rey mysterio wonder who's going to win oh it's roman reigns shocked but this is the first time in a while that we've been like this is a credible threat that could actually take the titles off of Roman Reigns. Finally. Here was the opportunity and you guys blew you, it. You had it served up, silver platter, big deal, Roman, like, they, I'm telling you, night two was sold out. Like, night one still technically had seats. Night two was sold out. There was literally not another seat that could be filled in that entire enormous arena, which I believe holds like 70,000 people. Hmm. And they were sold out. But they were. And I guarantee you, it was because of this match. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. And then they big fat disappointed And then they disappointed, well, probably not everybody, because there's probably some Roman Reigns fans out there. Somewhere. No, they're there, because all it takes is going to Twitter. Um, Well, there again, like me being on the outside, though, and so I may not understand, you know, you... You can't just look at it from a story and a, like, logical standpoint like that as far as, like, from a fan of the show part. You also have to look at the fact that it is a business, it is marketing. And so if there's a majority of people who are just super fans of Roman Reigns and they want him to win. I wouldn't even say a majority. Like, there's definitely out there. But I wouldn't say it's a majority of fans. I think... Overall, if you polled the entire universe, more than half, at least, probably more honestly, but at least more than half, are ready for a difference. Let me ask you this. Per capita, how many would you say... Per capita? What's the capita here? (laughs) How how, would you say that there are just as many specifically 
Cody Rhodes super fans as there are Roman Reigns super fans. Yes, and it's because of the story where, so we all know from just wrestling thing that there's this really stupid, annoying tribalism that takes place between WWE and AEW. For some reason, it's impossible to like both. According to general wrestling stupid public, you're either AEW or WWE. You can't like both. Spoiler, it's it's all fun wrestling. You can like both. You can also like New Japan. You can also like Ring of Honor. You can also like AAA. You can also, there's so much other wrestling out there. Why do we have to have this tribalism of you're either team WWE? I don't know, that's so ironic because I totally remember, like it's been a year or so ago, but you were in the camp of like WWE or nothing. Like, so, okay. And so me, you've come way on the other side on. around. Let me clarify. Since we're doing this fun live special season six thing, uh-huh. I like both. Yeah, I know you like both, but there was a time. But I am the WWE guy, and so I have to stand up for him because... I'm here to tell you guys that I live with him, and he can say that he likes both, but... Do you know, what, do you know why I'm not as... I don't know. I remain unconvinced. Do you know why I'm not as big on the AEW? I feel like you, I feel like you tolerate... Do you know why I'm not as but big on like, AEW? Are still like at heart the WWE super fan for real? I am definitely a, a WWE biased. I won't argue that. Do you know why though? I'm not as big of an AEW fan. AEW comes on at seven o'clock on Wednesday nights. I have never got to watch an episode of AEW Dynamite because it comes on. And you think that's all that stands in the way of you like being a fan of it though? Yes, because- Cause you can watch it later. No, actually to be fair, I can't. Like the only time prior to the other day with that, that comes on cable TV. There is no like replays after and it's Time Warner. So it's not even like on NBC's network. There's literally nowhere like I can watch replays later down the line. Well, then that is where they're failing. Well, no, because that's just it. Like they are on TNT. Anyway, WWE's on cable as well, honestly. To complete outsider, it kind of almost sounds like they set that up to be like a WWE versus AEW. So that is a rumor. So he had to lose. So that is because a, it was a WrestleMania. That is a rumor, but you know that would have been the case last year when their WWE poster boy Seth Rollins was going against Cody Rhodes when he debuted last WrestleMania. If this was the story for last WrestleMania and Seth Rollins beat Cody Rhodes, yeah, it would send the message that the former AEW guy got bested by the WWE guy. But I have heard that rumor of like almost like putting Cody in his place. But it's weird because, like, I don't think Cody's had, like, a meteoric ride. He got the snot kicked out of him and has gone through, like, two bouts of the same injury because y'all put him in matches where, like, it didn't help his case and then brought him back and run the Royal Rumble. Like, it's such a weird thing to put him on a pedestal to then have him lose. What I personally think, and I feel like this is even worse of, like, the reason why Roman Reigns won, I think... They want Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. <laughs> I think they want. Roman I won't. I think they want Roman Reigns to hit that thousand day mark. Well, that's a possibility. And so the problem I have with that is with him winning at nine forty five 
you know, days winning at WrestleMania almost cements that for me to the point where I cannot enjoy at all a Roman Reigns match from here forward. The next 50 because, days. Because I now know Roman Reigns has an expiration date and we're just not there. And so any threat that you put up against him in the next two months, I can't, I can't care about it because this WrestleMania with all of the perfect in the stars reason to have Cody win and yet still give it to Roman tells me that they want that thousand day mark for Roman and they're not stopping till they get there to say that Roman Reigns has been champ for 1000 days. And so any other threat that comes up to Roman doesn't matter. Write it off until it is 1001 doesn't matter. As soon as they say like John Cena is returning at SummerSlam to face Roman Reigns. Cool. I might believe it again. But until we reach, what would that be? Like May, maybe mid-June? Something like that. Because it's like 55 days, I think. So that's like past Backlash. So if they give him an opponent at Backlash, who cares? We know who's winning that. So it would have to, and they're not going to defend the title at Money in the Bank because the whole point is supposed to be that like you win a shot at the title, not like also have a title match later. So he won't compete at Money in the Bank. So the next time that he competes is SummerSlam. And I just, I, I cannot care about any opponent that you give him prior to SummerSlam because I know they're going to lose. Because I now know that WWE is chasing that thousand day mark and so doesn't matter. He has an expiration date and we're not there. And I hate that because you built up this six month story of him winning and we're moving on to this. You've built that story up to just be like, yeah, but that number though. Well, it's not a terrible idea for him career wise though, because then Roman reigns actually reigned for a thousand days like i guess but like that's a pretty cool resume thing like legacy wise for roman i know that sucks for cody right now but there'll be other days you I know? know it's not anybody else if you would if you had built up anybody else put Rey Mysterio in that spot put the miz in that spot put seth rollins in that spot put bobby lashley in that spot all those people and you serve them up at Wrestlemania and they lose okay Roman continues to dominate why build up Cody Rhodes to this point of like you know Cody Rhodes is going to save us all and sacrifice him for the thousand if you want Cody to win save him for a thousand and one days if you want to reach that mark and then have Cody sweep in which I bet they're still going to do I think they really want Cody to quote finish the story and get that title and all that jazz for his dad and all that stuff but i just feel like you wasted your momentum with cody too early maybe they're not done i know they're not done because we're done with mania we're we need to end this podcast because i'm slowly losing my wife and i'm not even done i still have to edit this (sighs) but let me tell you real quick about the Raw After Mania, and I promise, I say that and I promise, this will be real quick, because guess what? Not a lot to talk about. Garbage. It's the Raw After Mania, which is typically 
big returns, big announcements. Let's talk about the draft. Some people are gonna go to SmackDown, some people are gonna roll. Let's talk about Backlash. Oh, we're immediately gonna get a rematch and it's gonna happen at Backlash. Let's hype up the next thing because you've got this enormous crowd literally baked in. I told this to somebody else, you'll never have a WrestleMania in Memphis because we don't have two big arenas big enough. They, the only reason, uh, a big reason a city gets WrestleMania is because they have a huge stadium for WrestleMania and then another arena for the night after. Because they're not going to travel overnight to do Monday night. They're going to do it in the exact same city. So you've got an immediately already... But they won't do it on the exact same stage. No. Absolutely not. No. That's why I say they'll have a huge stadium for Mania and then you need your like concert venue, you know, your basketball arena for the one after. So that's why Memphis will get Raws and Smackdowns and the occasional pay-per-views. But Mania, because like they could do a pay-per-view now that they've moved them to Saturdays. That seems to be the th the trend that they moved pay-per-views to Saturdays because then they can travel Sunday or Monday even and still do a Monday night show in a different city and really get that like ticket revenue all around the nation. But WrestleMania, because it's two nights in the same city, they're not traveling overnight to do a new city in a new, they're gonna do it in the same city. So the Raw after Mania is always this enormous deal. Big returns, big announcements, big blow off from the night before. Let's see what happened. Let's hear what happened. You know, maybe you didn't watch Mania. This is where you find out what happened because they're going to talk about everything that happened on Mania. So even if you didn't watch it, you know what will happen. It's supposed to be this huge returns. We had R Riddle returned. I think that was the only thing. Matt Riddle returned. And even then, didn't return in a match. Well, he did, but like it was against The Miz and he beat the crap out of The Miz <laughs> handily. As you do. Dude, The Miz had a rough 72 hours. <laughs> He got beat by Pat McAfee, who is technically Again, a football I commentator. I don't know much, but when I hear The Miz, like, I really do kind of think of, like... A guy you hate? <laughs> well, like a, a mouth with, like, nothing to... Well, let me let like, me clarify. The Miz has had an absolute stellar career. Um, he has the perfect, like, star from the bottom. He was a reality TV star on The Real World. <laughs> and transitioned into mid-2000s WWE competition called Tough Enough didn't win but still got signed on as a wrestler because they were just that impressed with him and then has like I mean like dudes put in his time dudes put in his dues now granted he's obnoxious because he did a couple movies not even good movies but he did a couple of movies but he always he always likes to tell I was in the Marine 2, 3, and 4 Cool. Those sucked. <laughs> the first one was with John Cena and, and I believe it. Two, three, and four were just like sequel baiting. Who cares? It, they sucked. They were all direct to DVD. Congratulations. But he loves touting that. That he's like, he acts like he's from Hollywood. And that's why he was picked to be the host because he acts like he's Hollywood. Night one, he got beat up by Pat McAfee, who is a football commentator. Now, kind of a wrestler. He's not out of nowhere. But, like, of all the people that beat you up, Pat McAfee, bah. Hmm. Second night, got beat up by first Shane McMahon. Then Shane McMahon did a dumb and tore his quad on a very basic move. 
So stepped in and got beat by Snoop Dogg, who punched the Miz. <laughs> oh, by the way. Who gets beat up by Snoop Dogg? Technically a lot of people because Snoop Dogg ain't nobody to mess with. But it was him and Snoop. Like Snoop Dogg then or like Snoop Dogg now? Cause well, Snoop Dogg, cause you ain't mess with Snoop Dogg. No, so it was uh, Snoop Dogg and the Miz were Sir, the hosts. I've heard his affirmations. Um for kids yeah. that we listen to in the car. Oh yeah! Now imagine that. Who is scared of him? Now, now imagine that punched out the Miz. <laughs> so technically, we found out today's gonna be an amazing here's day. The thing, here's the thing: <laughs> we found out that that was all like top of the line from Snoop because that was not the plan. Shane was supposed to come down and beat up, tore his quad because that's all McMahon's know how to do because Vince McMahon's done the same thing. Shane. Vince Vince blew out both of his quads one time just getting in the ring and that's not even a joke. Double shade. He got in the ring and then collapsed and everyone thought it was just because he was mad and pitching a temperature. No, both quads. Shane doing a very basic move tore like I think his right quad and we're just like, man, it's like runs in the family. Snoop was told of the situation and so he stepped up, came in the ring, and was like, he acted like he was so offended that The Miz had, quote, injured Shane. He was like, no, nah, cuz this ain't gonna work. Bam! You think you hot stuff? I'm Snoop Dogg. And just started like beating up on The Miz and then did the people's elbow that <laughs> The Rock is famous for. He did the people's elbow, <laughs> but it was the dog elbow because he like added his flair to it. Fun fact, let me tell you. He didn't do it well. Bless Snoop Dogg's heart, but he That's was. That's why I said, like, here's who the thing. was afraid. Well, here's the thing. He wasn't supposed to do anything. So the fact that on the cuff he was able to still, like, salvage this, bless that man. He knew, like, top tier knowing presence and entertaining a crowd. But he has the That's worst. That's all Hollywood is, baby. He has the worst. Like, you've seen where dudes run into the ropes and they, like, like looks like they really, like, come off it. He, like, ran up and then went, like, Ski, like, kind of like tippy toed into it and went like this. Like, you know, most guys go like, Ring. he went like, went. Ring. Well, because <laughs> I think things like that to us it's mere like, mortals looks super easy to like lean. Like, those are going to be super I, stretchy. I've, I no. would be willing to bet money that it actually takes work no, to no, no. bend them things. Back. So. WWE uses real rope, which is stretchy, and I think Memphis Wrestling does too, and I've got to run those ropes. It's not hard. It's unnatural at first to, like, tell yourself the ropes are going to catch you and then kind of pull you back in, and you can then just keep running. I think I think Snoop is just 60-plus years old and perpetually high and <laughs> did not know in the moment how to properly bounce off the ropes. But, like, he ran up, and then, when, like, when he turned to, like, put his back into it, he kind of, like, went, skirt, and then, whoop, and then kind of, like, jaunted over to the other side and then went, skirt, whoop. <laughs> and then he hit what he called the dog elbow, which he did get, he jumped off. Like, normally the people's elbow is you kind of fall onto the guy. He did kind of, like, jump and do, like, a falling elbow. So, like, it is did. Is there any, like, WWE video game in which you can play as Snoop Dogg? Officially, no. However, with character creation being as robust as it is, I guarantee you yes at the same time. I feel like that should be a thing now. Now, that being said, fun fact, since you brought it up, 
when I was telling you there was going to be a fun Cena thing coming up. In the new 2K23, Cena is the showcase person. You play through his career, all of his big matches. If you beat all of the showcase mode things, you unlock Super Cena, <laughs> who is rated 100. No other wrestler is rated 100. He's rated 100. And is invisible. That's amazing. As in a pair of shorts, sneakers, and armbands walks down to the ring. Wow. And that's who you play. They went ham. Is invisible Super Cena. In addition, if you buy John Cena's Mattel official action figure, there's a code on the back. You put that in and you can play as action figure John Cena who looks like a scaled up human action figure complete with all those weird joints that you see and in action figures area. well he's wearing jorts so you don't know <laughs> but he's got like the emotionless doesn't change plastic face he's got the like very clearly articulation points for all his joints He's literally human-sized action figure John Cena. They went ham. They were like, you know what, John Cena? We know, we know. I mean, even in the advertisements, Cena's walking around and he's invisible because you can't see me. Like, But anyway, that's neither here nor there. To finish up real quick, Raw was boring. It sucked. Nothing of importance happened. At one point, poor Seth Rollins came down to the ring. They did the whole thing. I don't know if you've ever seen a Seth Rollins entrance now, but it's very crowd motivated because they're going like, oh, 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 like they're singing along. Crowd loves him, even though he's a slimy heel kind of a character. Crowd loves him. They randomly cut to commercial. And when they came back, uh, like another match was going on or was setting up. I don't remember who even who it was. And everyone was like, wait, what happened? Seth Rollins just kind of like went down to the ring. It went to commercial and then he wasn't there anymore. They clear, they very clearly had something in mind. It was cut. Because apparently, as far as we know, Vince had a lot of his, had a large hand in the Raw. And there were like three rewrites between Mania ending and Raw starting. The script for Mania or Raw got rewrote like three times. And poor Seth Rollins had gone down to the ring to do his segment. And then there's fan footage of them, like officials coming up. It's like, you could tell the lights are down. They're like red to where you can kind of see, but like clearly a commercial is going on in the Titan Tron kind of thing. And they're telling Seth Rollins, hey man, like you can't hear it, but you can, you could tell, hey man, your segment's cut. And so... You, Seth Rollins gets the mic and says like they told me I gotta go and then like he chucks the, the mic and then walks back up the ramp like it when I say the, the, the Raw After Mania sucked it sucked in all the right wrong and right sounds ways sounds like the wrestlers agree with you oh apparently morale was low when they discovered that Seth, or Vince had his hands on a lot of things like nobody was happy overall morale was low like it was really like really like after everything but here was the biggest biggest slap in the face disappointment so cody rhodes lost okay he comes out or no 
Roman comes out, starts gloating. Look what I did. I beat your boy. Blah, blah, blah. Cody Rhodes comes out and says, you know full well that we put on a barnstormer and you know full well that you wouldn't be champ if it wasn't for him pointing at Solo, who was in there. And I demand a rematch because you and I both know that I had you beat if it wasn't for your boy. To which Roman was like, no, we're not going to do a rematch. I don't know you a rematch, which I mean, an argument could be made that he doesn't like officially, but Cody said, well, we need to see something. I think the people deserve to see a match. So I'll tell you what, how about you put it on the line? You and your boy over there versus me and a partner in a tag match. And if I win, I get a shot. And they kind of like Paul Heyman in his usual crazy way was like, let me deliberate. And he talked with Roman and he said, the tribal chief has spoken. And he said, he will grant you this tag match on two conditions. One, your partner has to be somebody who wrestled at WrestleMania this past weekend. And two, whoever your partner is, if and when you do lose, both you and whoever your partner is can never challenge for the world title as long as Roman Reigns is champion. So it's this big, like, you got to find somebody who not only just wrestled this weekend, but is willing to potentially never be able to go after the title. Out of nowhere, Brock Lesnar comes out. Dun, dun, dun. Which is fine because, first of all, Brock hates Roman. Someone made the joke of like, do you know how bad Brock has to hate somebody to wrestle on a Monday? Because mm-hmm. he never will show up the night after Mania. So Brock comes out and it's perfect because A, Brock lost to uh, Roman way back at SummerSlam. But B, when he lost to Roman at SummerSlam, one of the stipulations was that he could, he too could never go after the title as long as Roman was champ. So of all the people who were probably the least to lose in this match, Brock is the perfect candidate because he doesn't care. Either he wins and yeah, get back at Roman or you lose and you don't get a shot at the title, you already couldn't. So who cares, whatever. So everyone was like, heck yes. Everyone's really mad that like, Cody lost the night before, but like, heck yes, if this is how we fix it, if this is how we continue the story, fine, cool. Brock and Brock and Cody win. Brock gets his revenge on Roman. R- Cody gets his guaranteed shot back. You know, cool. Everybody loves this main event. We're glued to Raw for three hours because this happened like the very first thing of Raw. So we're glued the whole Raw. We got to get to the main event. Got to get to the main event. So Roman comes out. Uh, Cody comes out. Brock comes out. They're doing the introductions, you know, in this corner, Roman Reigns, blah, blah, blah. in this corner, Brock Lesnar, and also Cody Rhodes. And as she finishes saying, and Cody Rhodes, and they're getting ready to ring the bell, Brock attacks Cody and just starts beating the tar out of Cody. Roman and Solo leave. Match never started. But Brock just absolutely viciously starts beating up Cody Rhodes. Puts him through the table, hits him with multiple F5s, is slamming chairs on him, does a powerbomb onto the steel steps, just annihilates Cody. At one point, leaves and people are like attending, trying to check that Cody's okay. Comes back, beats up Cody some more, hits him with another F5, and just basically leaves Cody in a, you know, a lump 
on in the ring and as he's walking up for the second time turns back and just like flips off like the general direction like i don't know if he specifically flipped off cody but just like threw up double middle fingers and walked off and now we're all going what the heck was that a surprise like that what what so brock volunteered to be your tag partner to beat up cody who he has no history with no reason to feud with has every reason to feud with roman basically got an opportunity to beat up on the guy who now prevents you from winning the title sets up cody winning so you have an opportunity to go after that title again because roman doesn't have it i assume and then some of the storytelling to come you'll figure it I'm out i'm sure they're gonna come up with something but you're telling me the night after raw or after the night after mania after we were all devastated at cody losing thought for sure he would win but devastated at cody losing and the next night you bring in brock to beat up cody some more why you already had the hero at his lowest point not beating the champ. What was the point of bringing in this outlier to just beat on him because? If they had history, if they had story, if Cody was standing in the way of Brock becoming champion, sure, okay, it's weird, but sure. This had literally zero point. If anything, it hurt Brock's ability to get the title. Because if they had won, Cody could go after the title, then Brock could go after Cody. Right now, it's just Brock beating on upon Cody cuz. Not because he stood in the way, not because he took Brock's spot, literally cuz. Why? Why? And that is when everyone realized, holy crap, Vince is back in creative after swearing up and down that he was just on the executive committee to oversee the sale, which by the way did happen. Endeavor, who owns parts of NFL and UFC, and they're officially quote unquote merging UFC and WWE. Ew. I don't hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. As one big like conglomerate, not like you'll see UFC and WWE and vice versa. They'll still be technically different, but they'll be under like a wrestling division of like their entire company because they also own other sports uh, chunks anyway. So when I say merge them, they like on a company level, not on like a story in the the employees level. We'll see. Well, we'll see, but. You know, Endeavor hasn't exactly done UFC right, so we're all like, ugh, like, it's better than Saudi Arabia buying them, but like, not by much. But regardless, what happened on Raw, especially the main event of Raw, cemented what we all thought, which is not only is Vince back and like weaseling himself back into executive positions, but this proved that Vince was back in charge of creative, even though swearing that he wasn't touching creative, that that was uh, Triple H's job. So that's basically it for our episode. But when you want to know why, like, WWE fans are, like, just 
annoyed. And let me tell you, the biggest problem is, remember how I was mentioning there was the tribalism between WWE? This does not help it one little bit. Doesn't seem like it would. Like, immediately everyone's going like, and y'all wonder why AEW is the better program. It's like, first of all, they're both good. Second of all, you're basically saying like, told you we were better because of one night. Because fun fact, if you want to do that, AEW has sucked too, okay? Yeah. So. Well, I feel like there's got to be a delicate balance between, you know, when you have multiple entities, you want there to be a little bit of rivalry, but like Competition not breeds hate. progress. Yeah, competition breeds progress. WWF and WCW back in the day, fine product. We got out of that. Monday Night Wars, Goldberg, Triple H, Shawn Michaels... Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, like, we had tons and tons and tons and tons of star power and talent on both sides. Now, then WWE bought WCW and it all went downhill fast. But competition in wrestling breeds creativity and it breaks up complacency. Well, let's say that it should, given the performance on Monday night, maybe not. Well, but... the problem is, from Vince's perspective, who cares? He just sold WWE to Endeavor for $9.6 billion. Now, he doesn't get every bit of that, but he gets a huge chunk of that. So in the past, when it was just Vince running WWE on its own, you had to innovate because the fans will leave you. Now? Who cares? Now a bigger company owns you. You got your payout. And so... From our perspective, who cares? You got your $9.6 billion. Who cares if we ruin literally the best stretch of wrestling that we've had since SummerSlam last year when Triple H took over? Granted, it helped that AEW had a bit of a pitfall during that same time, so it shifted the power balance. But I don't think you could tell anyone. Uh, no one would disagree if they said ever since Triple H took over, it has not been top tier from the bottom up stellar and you know technically only time will tell but the writing looks like it's already set up that Vince is back and we're back to the status quo because someone had, someone attributed this to 2012 when Cena lost to The Rock at Wrestlemania and came out to be like, hey, The Rock was the better man. Let me come shake your hand. And then Brock came out and beat the tar out of Cena. And everyone's like, oh, this looks familiar. Yeah. Except this made no sense. <laughs> because Brock doing that was him returning to the WWE. And just like Cena was, you know, first thing he saw, time to chew it up and spit it out. This was literally like Brock was already here. Brock was at WrestleMania. Brock won his WrestleMania match. And then just decided, yeah, I'm just going to beat up Cody now. Only time will tell. Well, I will no longer hold you here. I know you've got stuff to do. We, we all have stuff to do in the morning, but I definitely need to knock this out. At least if I don't do a lot of editing, I need to at least split it in half. I dug my own grave. I knew what this was, and I knew I was going to be super excited to do it with you, so I have nobody to blame but myself. But that being said, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. I think this was a 
quite pleasant joy. And I hope you had as much fun as you looking over at me, see how much I had uh, getting to discuss this with you. It was a privilege and an honor. Hope to be invited back sometime specifically for that ranking because that sounds like super fun. I'm going to put it forward to Um, him. I can't tell you like it's going to be Do you want to apologize to Ron and Jake for being infinitely more awesome as a co-host? Nah. Um, Nothing to apologize for as far as I'm concerned. uh, Missed out on this glorious opportunity um, to discuss all this further because I don't think it would have been as fun because I think it would have been just a straight up complaining <laughs> like maybe because we were all in agreement like this was dumb at least with this I had to explain to you why I thought it was dumb it wasn't super apparent because you had a lot to say mm-hmm. but I have quite a personality and so oh, if you, you ever get that out there on the road mixing with other people I can hold my own yeah and so if you'll just um, quit telling me that it was good that Austin Theory won then we can be friends again but I didn't say <laughs> that it was good that he you, won you devil's advocate you hired me tonight to be the devil's advocate yes, that was my and let whole me tell job you, as the person who has to be that because they'll be like AEW was awesome and I'm like okay but devil's advocate WWE did blank even though I know that WWE did not measure up in those particular situations so are we back to admitting that you are actually in love with WWE and you say that you have feelings do you, do you know why I have to for AEW do you know why I have truly to truly you don't do you know why I have to advocate for devil's advocate for sort of WWE because again tribalism but again I know that Ron and Jake and I enjoy all wrestling in fact in our little pick'em thing there were six matches that were from a completely other promotion. Supercard, uh, Ring of Honor Supercard, uh, New Japan and Impact, and then two GCW shows. And I did pretty solid. Now, Ron swept it, but then again, I feel like it was cheating because he was the one who suggested those matches and he follows the indies pretty heavily. But you didn't hear that from me. I feel like (laughs) I still held my own in the... uh, in the the alternate alternate promotions and it's because i do keep up with them to a to a lesser degree the reason i always tend to advocate for wwe is because nobody else does and i strive to be a balanced podcast like i know we just talked literally for two plus hours about wwe alone yes we talked okay for two hours we collaborated for two hours Look, sometimes you want to do the Royal We, sometimes you don't. Let's be consistent here. Um, if if I just let our general standpoints do, there is probably there would probably be a large chunk of our episodes that are completely like, all right, let's talk some crap about WWE. Trash WWE. Because I'll be perfectly honest with you, I haven't got to do that in the last couple of months because Triple H has been doing fantastic. Coincidentally, AEW has been having some backstage drama that gives us plenty to bash on them about. But I do strive to never, in our normal episodes, this one's an outlier. Not even just because it's you and me, but because it's post-mania. I strive to always make sure we talk about at least two promotions. As in, if it's you know, if we got a lot of WWE topic, I strive to make sure that we do at least talk about something New Japan, 
or something AEW or something Ring of Honor because I don't ever want it to be a WWE focused podcast. Even though that is the commercial big name in the business, I advocate for go watch other wrestling. There's other wrestling that in a lot of times is better because they're not like tied to this corporate overlord that is the WWE and all of their, you know, stock investors and everything. Go watch good wrestling. It's out there. That being said, Ron is very, very sweet on New Japan. Uh, Jake is very, very sweet on AEW and to a lesser degree, GCW and Ring of Honor. And if I let them, and if they're listening to this, they're going to call me out on it, and that's fine. But if I let them, WWE doesn't do any favors to itself to just absolutely get thrashed day in and day out. So the reason I tend to devil's advocate is because somebody's got to, or else it would turn into a WWE trash podcast. And like, I think there's enough good on WWE that all of the bad, it's like, yeah, that happened, but also. So do I tend to lean WWE? Yeah, I've been jokingly called the WWE guy in our little dynamic, but that's fine for two reasons. One, it's what I grew up on. I know about it. I know that from the WWF era to now, WWE. Two, it's on nights that I can watch it. <laughs> I don't have cable TV. I do have other means that I used to watch it on that maybe or maybe not totally legal. But they're there. But at least I can, at the time they're on, watch it. I love Dynamite. But Wednesday at 6 or 7, whatever time it starts, that's a bad time for me. <laughs> AEW pay-per-views typically nowadays are on Sundays. That's not a great time for me. The only other one that I could theoretically watch is Rampage. And it comes on an hour after SmackDown. Which means you would watch 7 to 9, my time, for SmackDown. And then flip over and try to watch Rampage. There's only so much wrestling I can take in a square chunk. I have nothing against AEW. It's just for my particular lifestyle. I can't. I can't watch it because it's on an inconvenient times to me. We moved the entire podcast so we could report on Raw and stop reporting on Raw as it's happening and then it be old news. And oh, the irony of the first night you're going to record on a Tuesday and none of the other guys show up. None of the other guys. Well, Ron's extenuating without getting into it. uh, You know, keep him in your thoughts. His travel situation was perfectly booked and then just a series of circumstances has made it the try to get back home from hell apparently he's just like the the best way i can describe it is him saying uh he sent us a message saying like f some hotel don't ever stay in there trust me like he's apparently had a very rough time just trying to get back home so his was it from a travel perspective he would not be able to do it and then poor jake is living on internet from 2001 uh, we've tried to troubleshoot it to the point, but I finally got to go over there and be like, oh, there's your problem. Um, so he's fixing that. But it was just, we tried to record. I actually got him on. And you know those little, like, uh, megaphone things where you you can say something and it sounds like, you know, it sounds like, blah, 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 blah. That's how he sounded. Robot Jake, tonight on Quick Pop Podcast. That, and, it, and occasionally it sounded like he was Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> where like it would like stutter so he'd be like 
yeah, I don't know why, 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 why the wrestling was really, 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 really bad. Like, it was like stuttering <laughs> him. And I was just like, look, I can deal with a little bit, but like those two things. Quick pop, pop, quick, no, seriously. Quick pop podcast, the remix. Yeah, he would. it would literally be like, yeah, he'd be like, yeah, 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 I don't know why, 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 why it's doing this. That's excellent. But like, it wasn't him. It was just poor internet. Like, the hardware was not cooperative. He tried. I'll give him credit for it. Oh. He tried. So I'm going to shut you down. Thank you. Time to go. I, as you noticed, didn't take much. I can tangent on a tangent. Brush I was trying your to... hair, comb your teeth. This has been the Quick Pop Podcast. I like that you really reverence. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Quick Popcast, Ace of Spades card, uh, Jacob Derek Six. And I, I keep, he got on to me last time. Uh, I keep saying that. Uh, Ron's Twitter tag is Ronchi Ron, and that's it. That's not his Twitter tag. It's I think it's I am Ronchi Ron. Um, Ronald. Let me tell you, if you are under eighteen, do not go to his Twitter. I'll just put it to you that way. I will not. Good. I would. I would recommend you don't. <laughs> and we have a child listener out there, at least one. I know we do, because <laughs> don't we do it. That's so. So like I told him last week. If you really want to go, you'll really know what his Twitter handle is and you'll go. Otherwise, don't don't do it. It's and I don't have a Twitter handle, so that's cool. Technically you do, remember? No. Technically you do. You haven't posted in years, but you technically do. I don't remember what it is. It's Rendisha Rocks you, I remember. Oh. I was a whole fifteen year old. I mean, shoot, I've had Ace of Spades card for <laughs> literally going on like 15 plus years now. I have yeah. no room to talk. But thank you all so much for listening. Uh, obviously, by the time you're listening to this, you know it's a two-parter. So thank you for sticking around anyway. I promise we will get back to a more normal uh, overall thing. Not that I did not enjoy this, but uh, we do just have to get onto a normal track of things. You'll find a lot more concise episodes mostly more coherent episodes uh i do want to do the, the the tier list we'll have to figure out the best way to do that because i want them to be involved and i want you to be involved at the same time so i don't think we'd be able to do this but i do want to do that so look forward to that and uh yeah watch wrestling it's worth it just don't watch the raw after mania or the main event no watch the main event of mania it was a good match just maybe stop like the last two minutes anyway Bye, music, music, music. Make sure that you're following us on all of our social medias, including Twitter at Quick Pop Cast, Facebook at the Quick Pop Podcast, and Instagram as well at the Quick Pop Podcast. Any of those are great ways to reach out to the hosts of the show, and we'd love to talk to you as well. We are constantly speaking on current events and would love to hear your opinions on stuff too. So get in touch with us today.